0: I'VE GOT A GIGANTIC CHALLENGE HERE THIS MORNING BECAUSE I HAVE A MESSAGE THAT I (coughs) REALLY WANT TO SHARE WITH YOU, Um, BUT THERE IS A LOT OF INFORMATION HERE, AND WE'RE GONNA HAVE TO SEE HOW FAR WE CAN GET IN THIS BECAUSE I GOT A FEELING IT'S GONNA TAKE MORE THAN JUST THIS MORNING, BUT TODAY I WANT TO SPEAK On a biblical perspective concerning the present conflict that's taking place in the Middle East, the um, title for this message this morning is Israel, Hamas, and Bible Prophecy. Israel, Hamas, and Bible Prophecy. Why is it so important that we as the church, we as God's people, keep our eye on Israel? Well, first of all, the Bible is essentially... A book about Israel. The whole Bible is essentially a book about Israel. The Bible records the history of the Jewish people and of the land of Israel. The Bible also records the things, records many things that are yet to happen, many things prophetically that are yet to happen to the people of Israel. In addition, God gave to the world a Savior who is our Lord Jesus Christ, who was born in Israel was crucified in Israel, died in Israel, was raised from the dead in Israel, and of course is coming again to Israel. So is it important that we keep our eye on Israel? Of course. Um, So we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, who's the center of God's plan, not only for Israel, but for the entire world. So that's why we're doing this message, so we can see the biblical perspective, the things that are happening right now in the Middle East. As you know, Two weeks ago, 1,500 Hamas terrorists broke through the security fence that surrounds Gaza. They came in on motorcycles, they came in in jeeps, they even came in on paragliders from the air and brutally, savagely, murdered in cold blood, Israelis who were at a music festival in Rahim. Then they went on to raid a number of kibbutzim, which are the villages, the little, uh, uh, a kibbutz is like a commune in Israel. It's a bunch of people who own a piece of land together, take care of it together, live together in that particular area. So it's a, um, it, it's a, a commune, more or less. And uh, so they came into various kibbutzim that were near the border of Gaza, and I don't think it's necessary to go over the details, because I would imagine that you've all heard the horrific stories of things that have happened. <clears throat> um, but there's really no way to identify or describe the things that took place um, a couple of weeks ago other than just pure evil. Only pure evil would walk in and do something like that to other human beings for no particular reason except that you hate them for who they are. That's pure evil. And so, um, maybe just to make things a little more personal, let me, what did I get that? Here's the typical face of the evil that transpired. <clears throat> now, these two people are Hamar and Itai Berdachevsky. And uh, you see in front of them their 10-month-old twin newborn babies. <clears throat> they lived in a kibbutz called Kifar Atza at the border of Gaza. Their kibbutz was stormed by Hamas along with other kibbutzim. Um, they, heard the haba- they, they heard the guns beginning to fire. They knew that the gunmen were approaching, so they took their twin babies. They, placed them in a, they put them in a safe place. And then they went out to do battle with the, with the Hamas intruders. They were both killed in the process of defending their community. <clears throat> um, and then shortly thereafter, oh, I'm sorry, they were brutally murdered. 14 hours later, someone found the babies when the IDF took Kafar Atza and discovered the babies unharmed. So these parents... Gave their lives so that their children could live, their children who are now orphans. So for the first time in 50 years following the in the 50 years following the Yom Kippur War, which happened in 1973, um, Israel has officially declared war against Hamas terrorism. This event is spoken of in Israel as Israel's 911. Okay, this was the, o- the only thing that is not often, uh, unless you listen to Sean Hannity. <laughs> Sean always tells everything that he knows. But if, if you know, I like Sean. But yeah. But anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, a- as you <clears throat> as you already know, um, in terms of the proportionality of this event to nine one one, this would be like thirty nine one ones. Okay? This is like 30 9/11s in terms of, the, Israel has seven thousand, seven million 7 million people. We have 330 million people. So if you compare the number of people who were killed um, a couple of weeks ago in Israel to the number of people who were killed in, in the World Trade Center um, in 2001, obviously uh, the, the um, <clears throat> 2,000 or so, that, uh, the 1,400 that were killed and uh, another 200 more taken hostage um, would be equal to something like 30 to 35,000 Americans being killed or being butchered in a particular attack. So um, <clears throat> that's 30 times worse than what we experienced on 9 one and you know how much 9 one affected us as a nation. So as a church, um, I think it's important that we stand unequivocally behind Israel, behind the Jewish people, And and it's also important to note that just like there were sensible German people in World War II who opposed Hitler, who opposed Nazism, and stood against the entire uh, Nazi regime as it was growing, as they saw it become more and more uh, evil, there are today sensible Palestinian people who are opposed to Hamas and Hamas terrorism and who believe in Israel's right to exist. There are a lot of good Palestinian people. And it's very important to separate Hamas, which is a terror organization, from the Palestinian people who are just people like us and really are caught up in the middle of all this political and spiritual and um, ideological conflict that is taking place in the Middle East. And they find themselves in the middle the middle of it all. When we went to... Um, When Lorraine and I went to Israel in 2007, we wanted, of course, if you go to Israel, you want to go to Bethlehem. But Bethlehem is behind the security fence. In other words, Bethlehem is under the Palestinian Authority. Bethlehem is not in Israel proper. It is in the West Bank. Our driver for our tour was a fourth-generation Israeli. He was Mossad. He was deep, deep, deep in the culture of Israel for many years, and he was forbidden by the Palestinians to drive a bus in behind the security fence because they didn't, didn't want a guy who formerly was Mossad. So, we had to leave that service, and then we had to move to a different guy. And then we went to Bethlehem. And so, the place <clears throat> where Jesus is said to have been born And then we went around to some of the different shops and things like that, and people were very gracious. Many of the Palestinians there with with stores and shops um, are Christian people, love the Lord. But what has happened is um, these terror organizations have used the Arab Palestinians as a place to hide out, as a place in which they can kind of, they can go in and they won't be known and they won't be detected, they won't be seen, and then through the other um, Arab-Palestinian people who are living in that area, they, they have come through the, those um, indigenous groups there, and then within, cer- within a certain amount of time, many uh, many terror attacks have happened, and, and all those terror terrorist operations have come through these Palestinian areas that are in, one, Gaza, and two, um, back behind on the West Bank. And so... <clears throat> The Palestinian, and, and so it's just important that we understand that all Palestinians are not bad people. Palestinians, unfortunately, are, are caught up in an ideological, um, political, and probably most important, a spiritual reality. And I, I hope that we will be able to um, shed some light this morning on the spiritual reality that is behind this. So I have <clears throat> five questions this morning that we will attempt to answer in the next few moments. But here they are. We'll see how far we get. Number one, who or what is Hamas? Number two, <clears throat> why is Hamas so intent on destroying the Jewish people? Three, what is the history of the Palestinians and the land of Israel? We did some of that last week as we looked um, at the events that took, uh, that t- took place um, in order for Israel to uh, be restored to their land. Number four, why are so many of America's youth and young adults supporting the Palestinian cause today? I wonder if that's a head scratcher for you when you see hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people who come out and march against Israel and in favor of the Palestinian people. And all I can say is they just don't know the story. That is, the, THAT IS THE ONLY WAY, THAT IS THE ONLY EXPLANATION FOR THIS, THAT THEY JUST DON'T KNOW THE STORY OR THEY REFUSE TO BELIEVE THE STORY. THEY REFUSE TO ACCEPT THE STORY. AND SO THIS um, CONFLICT CONTINUES TO GO ON. SO TODAY, WE HAVE LOTS OF YOUNG PEOPLE, AND WE'LL TRY TO TAKE, WE'LL TAKE A CRACK AT TRYING TO EXPLAIN WHY IT IS THAT MANY YOUNG PEOPLE, MANY YOUNG PEOPLE, well, LET'S JUST FACE IT, YOUNG PEOPLE ARE IDEALISTIC. YOUNG PEOPLE ARE LOOKING FOR A CAUSE. Weren't you, when you were a young person? Long, long ago and far away, right? We, 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 it's kind of like, it's, it's, kind of, it's in our DNA at that age, and we're looking for a cause, and many have, they think they have found a cause in the occupation of, Isra- occupation of Israel and the uh, subordination of the Palestinian people. So we'll get into that in a little bit. And number five, how might any of this fit into Bible prophecy about end times. That's an interesting aspect to all this. So let's take a moment here and let's commit our attention to the Lord and ask for his blessing on his word today. Father God, we thank you so much. Just as we celebrated Mike and Veronica and their children and their family, we thank you that you have made us part of your family. You've called us into fellowship with yourself. We belong to you. You purchased us. By the blood of Jesus, and we thank you, O Lord God. And as we look at this situation, O God, we think of all of the hurting people that are in Israel right now that have lost loved ones, that have others that are that are that have been taken captive. There's there's just a lot of heartbreak, and there's a ongoing struggle here that um, is central, is fundamental to everything that you are doing in this world. And so, Lord, we commit this time to your care. We ask for insight. We ask for wisdom. We ask for strength and grace to be able to grasp the reality of what's happening in Israel. And, and we, according to Psalm uh, 122, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Your word says that those, w- we will prosper as we pray for the prosperity of your people and this great city. And so, God, we we lift up Israel, we lift up the people of Israel, Lord God, we lift up those that are hurting and those that are are anxiously awaiting some news about a loved one that has been uh, kidnapped. And God, we just ask for resolution. We ask, Lord God, that you allow those people to be released, oh, Lord God, and we pray that there will be a way in which these things can be settled outside of just raw bloodshed, and, and horror. So God, we lift this whole matter up to you. Give us wisdom and understanding. May we become part of the solution and not be part of the problem. Pray this now in Jesus' name and for his sake. And everybody said Amen. Amen. All right. So let's begin with this first question. Who or what is Hamas? <clears throat> Hamas is a terrorist organization that is made up of Sunni Muslims. Um, Islam is divided in, generally into two camps. Sunnis um, holy mackerel. S- and Shiites, thank you. Sunnis and Shiites. The Shiites are more like the um, Saudi type of Muslims. They are not aggressive. They're not particularly warlike. They're content in their religious space, and, uh, and that's good for them. The Sunnis, however, are much more aggressive, and the Sunnis are much closer to the reality. It, 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 it amazes me to hear on the news, person after person, insist on the fact that Islam is a religion of peace. That is nonsense. Any person who said, now that may, there may be peace, in the, there's, I'm sure there's peace in the heart of many Muslim people and they would like for there to be peace. But, Muslim, but Islam was never a religion of peace. It was a religion of war. It was a religion of aggression from the very beginning. As soon as Muhammad gained power, he immediately turned his power on all of his enemies and they had to convert or have their heads chopped off. And that was how, that, that's, how, um, that's the evangelization process for Islam, be converted or be killed. And it worked pretty good, right? And so, they, and, and this is how Islam spread from country to country, region to region. It almost took over the world, except for, except for the intervention, I would say, of God and, and uh, Charles Martel. But um, when people say that Islam is a religion of peace, they just don't know the story because Islam is a religion of aggression and has always been. Islam, in in Islam, jihad is correct. It's right. And jihad, as you know, means holy war. And that holy war is a campaign that is to be conducted against the unbelieving world until the unbelieving world either submits. By the way, the word Islam means submit. So that's the whole whole, um, essence of the... The nature of that religious position—to submit, to submit to Allah—and in the process of submitting to Allah, they are trying to get everyone, everyone else, to submit to Allah, and th- they believe that is their charter, that is their mandate, that is what they are on earth to do. And so they will continue to push um, the religion of Islam, and people will be required to receive it, or there will be there will be more war and more violence. <clears throat> Um, <coughs> however, the the, uh, the word the Arabic word Hamas means zeal, or strength. But it's also interesting that Hamas is also a Jewish word. It's actually Hamas. It's got a C in front of it. But the uh, <coughs> the Jewish word or the Israeli word Hamas means violence. So in in Arab in Arabic it means zeal or strength. In In uh, Hebrew, it means violence, and that is certainly a more appropriate definition of what Hamas is really all about. Hamas does not care about anyone or anything that stands in the way of their acknowledged mission, which is to kill Jews and wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Literally, literally. The mission of Hamas is to kill as many Jews as possible and to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. You hear people chanting right now in, the, in these demonstrations, these pro palestinian from the, from the river to the sea, okay? What they are talking about is from the west bank of the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, we will push these people off. This nation will no longer exist. That's what they're on earth for. That is their purpose. That is their mission, and so when they did what they did a couple of weeks ago, they were just acting in accordance with what they say they're about, which is to kill Jews and to drive Israel to wipe Israel <coughs> from off, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the face of the earth. Uh, this is not just me saying this, by the way. This is their own charter, their own covenant, which was adopted in 1988, and uh, this is what their own charter says. This is actually in the the, the uh, material itself. Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as Islam obliterated others before it. Okay, this is part of the charter of Hamas. Also, Article 7 in the Hamas charter says, a day of judgment would not come until Muslims fight and kill the Jews. This very fundamentalist, very extreme, very violent sect of uh, of Islam, um, <clears throat> believes that their Messiah or their um, that Muhammad or that the, their kingdom of Allah will not be established until they themselves have destroyed the Jews. So you can tell how motivated they are. In other words, the only thing that's hindering the great experience for them of having all the world turned over to um, to Allah is the fact that the Jews still exist. And so their charter is destroy Israel by any means, at any cost, at any time, by whatever uh, whatever means are available. <clears throat> they themselves are bold in making this declaration. This is not some, some strange conspiracy stuff. This is not false information. They have an unrelenting desire to kill Jews and to wipe Israel from off the face of the earth and to replace it with an Islamic State, and they will kill and destroy anything or anyone that stands in the way of their mission. And we're not just talking about Jews only. They also don't care about Palestinians. Hamas uses Palestinians as useful idiots. Hamas uses Palestinians as human shields. Hamas intentionally sets up rocket launchers in schools, in hospitals, in civilian apartment buildings, knowing that when Israel retaliates, that there will be wonderful optics for, uh, for Hamas to be able to show for when, when Hamas presents these bodies of allegedly innocent civilians, and, and it will show what a terrorist organization Israel is. So they know that when <clears throat> Israel retaliates, there will be innocent uh, civilians killed in hospitals or schools, and it will look like Israel was targeting those particular institutions. Probably, I would imagine you know most of this. Because it is talked about pretty regular. Um, But Israel is targeting... Okay, Israel is targeting the rocket launchers that Hamas intentionally sets up in those places because they are using the Palestinians as they have set them up deliberately because there are places where the Palestinians can be used as human shields. So that's how it's working. By the way, they've even (coughs) prevented their own people from leaving Gaza City. Okay, they 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 have kept... What did I find out here? 170,000 people—they have actually kept 170,000 of their own people from leaving Gaza City. Although the, the Jews have already made it quite clear, they're going to pummel this thing, they're going to destroy it, and then underneath it—that's that's a whole other thing. They were—we um, were—we were—we just began to discuss this the other night in our men's Bible study, and I think Jamie came up with the fact that what was it 3.3 billion dollars given? What's what's that? $3.2 billion last year went from the U.S. government to Hamas. What? No, no, that's $3.2 billion for the last 10 years to Israel. Oh, okay. My bad. But, um, but I, I don't know exactly, then I, then I don't know what the figure was, and I'm, I'm sorry about that, and that's my mistake. But Every year, Hamas and every other organization, whether they're criminals, terrorists, whatever else, get a check from the United States of America that, c- that continues to keep um, them propped up financially. And so the, these, these terrorists thrive off of false information um, that, they, that they present, <clears throat> and in, in the meanwhile, they just simply more or less imprison the people of Palestine, uh, the Palestinian people, and use them as they w- however they want to, just simply as pawns, in the, um, uh, in the overall conflict. <clears throat> By the way, when a nation drops leaflets in the language of the people declaring ahead that they're going to attack and destroy those um, who are raining terror on themselves, the Jews, um, and tell them to get out while the getting's good because they're coming and they're going to, uh, they're gonna do in the bad guys. That, that represents something I think that is pretty, pretty noble on the part of the Jewish people. They've been dropping leaflets in Arabic, telling the people in Gaza City, get out while you can. Uh, but, but Hamas is trying to keep them from doing that because they want to have more corpses and more bodies because it will, have present, it will um, show better um, optics. <clears throat> So uh, they're dropping leaflets from the sky, telling the Palestinians that they should exit the northern border of Gaza and then head south because they're about to come in to completely destroy Hamas as an an entity. Do you know what Hamas is doing? And as I already said, they've actually kept 170,000 of their people from leaving Gaza City as a sign of solidarity. They are requiring them to stand with Hamas. They don't care about the Palestinian people. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, when those paragliders came in into that music concert that was happening at Rahim, there were not only Jews there. There were Arab Israelis there. And that's a whole other thing that many people don't even realize. There are many Arab Israelis. There are many Arabs. As a, it was funny we, when we were listening to, maybe I'll get this one right. But when we were, <coughs> we were listening to a video the, the other night, and um, the guy was talking about um, the conditions within the Arab world. And he said, you know, when, when a baby is coming <clears throat> to an Arab family, that baby should be praying that the stork drops it off in Israel. Because Arabs who live in Israel have a better life, have more rights, have much more freedom than most Arabs that, lived in most, that live in most Arab countries. That is just simply the truth. Arabs live in Israel in peace, they join the IDF, they work together with Israelis, uh, there is no, they they use the expression that Israel is an apartheid state. That's not true. Israel is not an apartheid state. That would mean that the Palestinians are always kept down. They are not. They live under their own authority in the West Bank and in Gaza. As a matter of fact, Israel in 2005 decided to completely get out of Gaza. Everyone was ordered <clears throat> by Ehud, by um, Ariel Sharon at the time to leave Gaza, all Jews out. They turned it over completely to the Palestinians and then they built a security fence around it. It was through that security fence that these people who came in and broke into this uh, broke into that kibbutz and, um, and then the, the, that concert, there were, there were Arab Israelis who were killed at that concert, who were murdered at that concert. So it isn't just a thing to get Jews. They just have no value for life. And because they have no value for life, if you remember last week, I showed you the, uh, the motto of Hamas. We love death more than the Israelis love life. That's the Hamas motto. We love death more than the Israelis <clears throat> love life. In Israel, there were not just Jews, but there's many Arabs who have become citizens of Israel. Many are either Muslim or Christian. They live, they work, they raise families without opposition, without oppression in the land of Israel, peacefully coexisting with Jews, and they enjoy the full rights as equal citizens in Israel. I'm talking about Arabs. They are not oppressed, they are not crushed, they, are, they live um, and again, they live lives that are um, probably better off than they, than they would live if they were living in any of the other 22 Palestinian countries, or no, I'm sorry, Arab countries around the world. <clears throat> um, they will kill Jews, Hamas will kill Jews, Hamas will kill Arabs, they will kill anyone and anything that stands in the way of fulfilling their mission of wiping Israel off the face of the earth. Because, because Hamas is an evil Demonic ideology, and they want to advance their agenda at whatever cost. So, let me give you a a little bit of a history of Hamas, very brief summary, and uh, that's probably about as far as we're going to get today. So, oh, there we go. Thank you. (laughs) All right. 1987, is that legible? That's a little small, isn't it? Well, I'll read it to you. (coughs) 1987, Hamas was founded by Sheikh Ahmed Yassin, who was a Palestinian cleric. It is an offshoot of the Egyptian-based Muslim Brotherhood. You know what's ironic? The the Egyptians are not allowing any of the Palestinians to go to Egypt. That would be like the fast way out. It would be like down south, out of there, across the Egyptian border, and you're good but the Egyptians won't allow that because the Egyptians know that within that community, there are so many violent people that they can't be trusted. So they won't take their own Arabic brothers. They're refusing to let them emigrate into Egypt. And that's true for Jordan. Jordan said the same thing. They can't come here. Egypt said they can't come here. So even within the Arab world, there is concern about the violent nature of what's going on uh, with Hamas and how it has influenced or affected the uh, Palestinian people who live there. In 1988, Hamas published its charter calling for the destruction of Israel and the establishment of an an Islamic state in its place. You know, when people talk about... uh, when, When 10 years ago... When Obama was talking, when the, when they made that deal with Iran, all of the all of the discussion around it was, well, they won't get the bomb for ten years, and and to me that was like, yeah, that is that I'm supposed to feel better about that because they because they, they they won't have enough fissile uh, nuclear materials to actually create a nuclear bomb for ten years. So then what? Because here's the thing, as you. As we see what happened in Israel two weeks ago, you can tell there's no limit to the level of violence. There's no, there's no kill stop here. So th- if, if Iran had a nuclear weapon, would they use it? Absolutely would. They absolutely would. They would find a way, because their whole... Purpose for living is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Nothing would be easier than to drop the big one on Jerusalem, wipe those people out. then It's just like I said last week. If Israel tomorrow said, we will fight no more. We're putting down our weapons. We will never fight again. What do you suppose would happen? If Hamas and the Palestinians and the Arabs living in that area said, tomorrow, we will fight no more, we're putting down our weapons, there will be no more war. What would happen? In the first case, if Israel said, we're putting down our weapons, there'll be no more fighting, there'll be no more war, the next day, there would be no more Jews. Because Hamas would come in with Al-Fatah and with um, the PLO and uh, with Hezbollah up north, they would come in and they would kill every one of them. Every Jew would be destroyed, and that would be the outcome. If... Hamas, or if the, um, the Arab, the terrorist nations would say, we'll fight no more, we'll put, we're putting our wep- weapons down, what would actually happen w- is there would be peace the next day. Israel has no interest in continuing this conflict, nor any desire to stir it whatsoever. Dennis, you've been to Israel a few times, right? Yes. And you, you know how desperate the people are there just to live in peace, just to wake up and not have rockets, flying in, in, in indiscriminate places. All right, let me wrap this up, and then... we'll have to put, press the pause button. <clears throat> in 1991, Hamas began its military brigades. It's called the Isam al assam Brigades. They were established <clears throat> in 1993. Hamas began suicide bombings in Israel just prior to the Oslo Accords. The Oslo Accords were intended to bring peace between Israel and the Palestinians, but Hamas is opposed to the Palestinian Authority, which it considers too secular. And Hamas is a more fundamentalist, which gives the Palestinian Authority um, in Gaza. So anyway, they just, they do not believe, Hamas does not believe that the Palestinian Authority is intense enough. They're too secular, they're too, they're too concerned about politics. They are not committed enough to the cause, which is, kill all the Jews. And so be, so they, they, they distance themselves. And in 93, um, uh, in they began this whole process of just sending in waves of suicide bombers to get on a bus, go to a, uh, a restaurant or a shop someplace, and blow up a bunch of people. In 1997, yeah. In 1997, Hamas was designated as a terrorist organization by the US and dozens of other countries. In response to the groups, Iran-supported use of explosives, rockets, along with the suicide bombings, and the kidnappings, all targeted toward Israel. In 2000, they began their deadly intifada. The intifada is an uprising um, against the Israelis. That's when the Israelis began plans to set up a security fence to protect themselves. The, THE SECURITY FENCE REMAINS a, AN OBJECT OF GREAT ANGER um, AMONG THE SECULAR NATIONS OF THE WORLD. AMONG THE ISRAEL-HATING NATIONS OF THE WORLD, THE, the, uh, the SECURITY FENCE REMAINS A GREAT OFFENSE, NO PUN INTENDED, BECAUSE IT, it, is, a, it IS A MESSAGE TO THE PEOPLE BEHIND THE, or WHO LIVE IN THE WEST BANK, THAT YOU HAVE TO BE CHECKED IN AND OUT EVERY MORNING. BUT ISRAEL ACTUALLY HAD NO CHOICE but to build that security fence, we actually, we, when I was in Israel in 2015, actually had an opportunity um, on a bus um, one of the days to go with, the, the guy who was on the bus as a tour guide for us was the guy who designed and implemented the entire construction project of building a security fence. A massive project when you think about, you are taking people's land and you are removing it from them, and you are building a, a security fence of, uh, something like 430 miles long or something like that. And, and so it has caused a great deal of disruption, but it was the only way that the Israelis could present, prevent themselves because, as I said before, what happens is terrorists who are Arabs come in and hide among Palestinians, and there doesn't seem no problem. They, they don't stand out in any way until they strap on dynamite, cross the border, jump on a bus, and blow everybody up. And that was the way it was going going until uh, Israel finally decided that they had to build a security fence. In 2005, uh, where are we? uh, 2005, yeah, there we are. Israel evacuated all their military and settlers and built a barrier around Gaza for national security. In 2006, Hamas won a surprise victory in Palestinian parliamentary elections, and then seized full control of Gaza, overthrowing forces loyal to Mahmoud Abbas, who's the Palestinian Authority president. As a result, much of the international community cut off aid to Gaza because they didn't want to finance a terrorist-sponsored territory or country. We've just scratched the surface, and there is a lot more here to do. But we're just out of time here this morning. But it is important that we understand the nature of what is going on there. And again, as we, uh, as I get to the end of this message, we'll look at what prophetic overtones there may be. There's a very interesting passage. Maybe you'll want to read it this week, found in um, Ezekiel chapter 38. It is, it is a, a story about a battle that happens with. Gog and Magog. It's a very enigmatic and um, interesting story. It's it's a little abstract, but it begins to kind of draw an alignment between Arab peoples who live in Iran, Russia, Turkey. There's, there are connections that are all being established right now between those countries that could very well play into a scenario like that. So I'm not going to tell you that, oh, yeah, you need to, you know, Jesus is coming this week or something like that. I don't, uh, I don't know whether that's true at all. But I do know that there are things that are happening now that are beginning to click, they are beginning to connect. Uh, relationships are being developed, and those relationships, in the long run, could very easily become the very things that Ezekiel thirty-eight is prophesying to us. So I hope you come back next week. We'll uh, learn more about this whole thing because it's important, it's interesting too, and it's important that we stand together with Israel. Israel is the apple of God's eye. Israel is is or was for that season the centerpiece of His work, and it is all about that. WORK, AND and THAT WORK THERE IS NOT DONE, BUT THERE WILL BE A a, a FINAL CHAPTER TO ALL OF THIS, AND uh, WHO KNOWS, WE MIGHT BE AROUND TO SEE IT. FATHER GOD, WE LIFT UP ALL OF THIS THIS MORNING, ALL OF THE ANXIETY AND MAYHEM AND CONFUSION AND CHAOS AND DEATH AND DESPAIR AND DISCOURAGEMENT AND ALL OF IT, OH GOD, WE LIVE IN SUCH A CRAZY WORLD, BUT IN YOU, AND ONLY IN YOU, WE FIND REST We find peace. We find meaning. We find answers. Answers to what's wrong with us. Find answers to what's wrong with this world. And we can know the truth. And your word says, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And so we want to continue, oh Lord God, to understand your way, to understand your word, to understand our world in light of your divine sovereign purpose. We thank you that you have called us in, out of darkness, into your marvelous light, like we sang here this morning. And we pray, O oh Lord God, that we as a church can be a source of light, a source of help. We can be salt in this world. We can be a preservative in this world to continue to demonstrate a lifestyle that is functional, that works, that is fruitful, that is successful. There's a way to live in you THAT IS ATTENDED BY YOUR BLESSING. SO WE THANK YOU, LORD, FOR CALLING US INTO YOUR FAMILY. AND WE PRAY AGAIN OVER THIS WHOLE MATTER OVER THERE AND PRAY THAT YOU'LL GIVE US WISDOM AND UNDERSTANDING AND THAT WE'LL BE ABLE TO SHARE THE WISDOM THAT WE HAVE AND THE UNDERSTANDING THAT WE GAIN WITH OTHER PEOPLE BECAUSE IT SEEMS TO ME THAT THERE ARE A LOT OF PEOPLE WHO JUST DON'T KNOW WHAT'S GOING ON. EASILY INFLUENCED IN THE WRONG DIRECTION. SO, LORD GOD, WE UNDERSTAND THERE'S A DEVIL IN THIS WORLD. THERE'S A DEVIL WHO CONTINUES TO TRY TO SOW error and confusion you don't you are not the author of confusion but certainly our adversary satan is consistently the author of confusion all confusion and so lord god we we lift up the whole matter before you we pray for your sovereign purpose to be worked out through all of this and we pray even as your word says come quickly lord jesus and we look forward to that more than anything that this this world will be made right when you return to this world and when your feet actually touch down on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem itself. What a glorious wonderful day. That will be even so, Lord, come quickly. So we thank you, Lord, for what's happening. Give us wisdom and grace through all of this. Make us wise and strong in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.